his image, that we bear the image of our creator. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, um, says this. Let me turn there. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27 says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. There's something about the gender. There's something about being the masculine and feminine heart that is that reflects the image of God. You know, and there's not much more given here in Genesis than that, but there's something about us being male and female, about being masculine and feminine, and about the attributes that those carry um, that, that reflect the image of God. And I think it's really, really well defined here as we, uh, as we just kind of know about the character of women and the character of men. Then over in Genesis uh, chapter 2 in verses 18 through 23. Read along with me. So, so we know what happens in the book of Genesis. I'm not going to read it all, but you know that God, you know, created the, you know, he created the expanse of the sky. He created the waters. He caused the separation of the earth from the waters, all of those things. He created the birds. He created the, uh, the, the, the beasts that, that move along the ground. And then he also created all the, um, the, the fish in the sea. Um, and he created Adam, as we know. And then read along with me in verse 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Let me preface this by saying, at the end of each day of creation, God said, this is or it is good. You know, after everything he did, he said, and and, and after every day of creation, he said, it is good, as he declared about the goodness of his creation. But then he saw Adam, man, by himself in in verse 18, and, and the Lord God said, it is what? Not good. It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to, get, to, brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made woman from the, man, from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Okay, let's back up here just a little bit, and let's read through these just a little bit for just a moment. Um, so God had formed, now look at with me in verse 19, um, after he says that it's not good for man to be alone, and he says, I will make a helper suitable for him. That term helper is what's referred to, is what he's referring to here. He's about to create Eve. He's about to make the first woman, right, to, to, to tread upon the planet, the first woman to come. And, uh, and, and, when he do, so, and when he does it, he says, man alone is not good. He needs someone beside him. He needs a helper. And so he uses that term helper. And I know over a period of time, there have been a lot of women who've been really offended by this word helper. That word helper is actually used of the Holy Spirit in the scriptures, right? It, it's referring to, uh, it's a term of someone who comes alongside, someone who comforts, someone who's for you. It talks about that kind of intimacy and that relationship or that friendship that someone who comes alongside to bring comfort or help uh, to bring. And, it's, uh, and that's what he says he's going to create. I'm going to create a woman to be a helper suitable for a man. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. So the beasts of the field, the birds of the air here, it says were created from the ground, and Adam was created from what? 
Dirt, yeah, Adam was created from dirt or dust, right? But woman, right, the only creature mentioned here, the only creature mentioned who wasn't formed from, from dirt, wasn't formed from the earth, she was formed from what? A rib from Adam's, from Adam's side. She was the only one created like that, very, very unique in creation. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man, see what he would name them, whatever they called them, that was the, their name. The man gave names to all the creatures of the birds of the air, the beasts of the field, but in verse 20, but for Adam no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs. So here he says, I'm going to bring you, I'm going to create for you a helper. And he takes from Adam's side a rib, right? So I think this is really unique. I think this is really telling us two things. One is the relationship between Adam and Eve and their uniqueness in creation was unlike any other creature in all of creation, right? Mankind, man and womankind were created uniquely. We were were created unlike any other being on the planet planet to bear God's image. We were, we were called, we were created to be like him in some way. In other words, or, or maybe another way to think of it is, is to reflect his image that, that when people are viewed or when people are seen, people, that we can recognize in each other, that we can see the, the impact, the fingerprints of the creator on every one of us. I love one of the things I like to do whenever I do a funeral is I, I like to think about everyone has something that's really good and godly. And, and I mean this um, even about a non-believer, even in an unbeliever, I think you can see in every person, in every soul, God has not left himself without a witness. In everyone, you can see the good of God that he's created in every one of us. Now, obviously, sin has, has wreaked destruction in us. He, it's twisted us, and it's mangled our minds. It's had an, 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 an impact on us and the way that we think, and it's brought death to our souls in ways that we don't even fathom fully, right? But he's not left himself without a witness. In every person, you can see godliness. In every person, you can see something that is the fingerprint of God um, upon them. And, and here, what he's talking about here is creating a woman to be a helper. So he creates her from the rib, right, which is unique and different. And this relationship that Adam and Eve would have is different from the relationship from any other creatures on the planet, right, because they were made from one another. This, this would be, this describes a greater intimacy and a greater relationship than any other creature on the planet has. And ultimately, what he's going to say here at the end of this verse is that they, he's going to prescribe for man and woman a relationship, a covenant between them that doesn't exist anywhere else except in marriage between a man and a woman on the planet Earth. It is unique. There is nothing else like it. And listen to this. And it was created in such a way to reflect the glory of our God. Just as surely as a man and woman are called in intimacy together, called together in purpose, we are to be a reflection of our, of our Heavenly Father, who is Father, Spirit, and Son, all in one, all working in one purpose, all having great um, um, intimacy with each other, all having perfect um, harmony and communication. And I know we don't always have that in our, in our marriages, but God's created us for that purpose, that when people might, when our children might see our marriages, right, this is the, this is the purpose, right? So that when our children see our marriages, when our, when our people, when our children see, you know, their fathers, when, when, when our children see their mothers, they could look at, at their fathers, they could look at their mothers, and they look at, they could look at the strong love of their, of their fathers, or they could look at the tender love of their mothers, and one day when they grow up and they get older and they become, uh, you know, of age that they can make a decision about themselves, for themselves to follow God, they can say, I've seen this strong love of God before. I've seen it in my father. 
or I've seen this tender love of God before. I've seen it in my mother. Or I've seen this intimacy uh, uh, between the Godhead. I've seen it before in, in the intimacy and the purpose that my parents have together in raising me and loving me. I've seen it before in them. Listen, in, in many ways, we as parents are called to do that. We're called to be that. We're called to, to give our, our children an image of what God is like and who he is. Uh, just beautiful. So here, woman is created to come alongside or to be a help um, to man. And then Adam responds when he sees her, this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of a man. I, I wanted to talk to you about this, about just that, that unique image and that, the fact that woman was made for man's side and that intimacy that we're supposed to share um, in marriage. Um, there's an author named Jack Frost. No, that's real. Jack Frost. Um, he wrote about the masculine and feminine hearts, and he wrote this. It says this, um, the masculine heart cries out to do to form, to create, and to initiate. The feminine heart seeks to be. It longs for communion and connection, to bond and to know and to be known. The feminine nature is compassion, empathy, nurture, comfort, intimacy, and the ability, and the ability to receive and to express love. So we see, you know, the masculine heart or the heart of a man is, is the heart of a, a builder or a leader or a warrior uh, those are the characteristics of God that man ha- that God has placed in the hearts of men. But the feminine heart bears the image of God in his loving nature. It's that compassion and that comforting and that nurturing and that concern and that patience that he has um, for for his people. I want to read just a few verses from you now for you, for you now from uh, from some of the prophets and then also in Matthew. Listen to what this says. In Isaiah chapter 66, um, this is verses 12 through 13, he's talking about a time of hope when God would bring about the restoration of Israel. He's talking about a time when when he would come to them and and he would restore them um, and and would carry and comfort them. Listen to what what Isaiah says from the Lord. For this is what the Lord says, I will extend peace to her like a river and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you, and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. So here he's saying, here God's saying, what I want to be for my people is like a mother who carries her young in her arms. This is God speaking, and so that that aspect where you see, you know, a, a woman cuddling a child and carrying that child along, God says, I want to be like that for my people. I actually had to work, look up that word dandle. I've never heard that before. But, yeah, the word dandle means like a, like a child on her knees. Dandled on her knees means that, that bouncing, right, that you do on your knees or your, in your arms. Did everyone else know that word? Am I the only one who didn't know that? Yeah, okay. All right. Dandled, yes. It actually means that, yeah, this thing, that thing that you've done for years, that's dandling. You just didn't know it. Um, Zephaniah 3.17, one of my favorite verses. Here's another promise about God's coming to Israel and, and, and saving and restoring her. But listen, listen to what he says. He, he speaks with a, with a heart, that, uh, uh, with such a tender love. Listen to what he says. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. Here we, we, we have this, this kind of masculine, mighty to save like a warrior, right? He is mighty to save. Then listen, you know, it changes in the middle of the verse. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. How about that? Here, the picture is, is that God is coming to Israel, and he's taking her in his arms, and he's, and, he's, and, he's, and he's cuddling her, and he's singing over her and quieting her, right? Telling her, you know, just like when a baby starts to fuss and his mother takes him in his arms and, and, and sings over and rejoices over him, God says, I want to do that with my people. 
I want to be, I want to show that kind of tender love to my people. That's the tender heart of a, of a mother. That's the tender heart of our God. Amen. Amen. Lastly, I want to share it with you in Matthew chapter 22. Um, I'm sorry, 23. This is where Jesus, Jesus is in Jerusalem and he's, and he's overlooking the city and he's just absolutely brokenhearted. Um, and the reason is, is that he knows that he's going to be rejected in Jerusalem. He knows that, that even though he's come as the Messiah, that Israel was actually looking for a different Savior than the one that Jesus Christ was. They were looking for a Savior militarily. They were looking for someone to save them from Rome. And he came to save them from their sins, and uh, they rejected him. And so here's what Jesus, here's Jesus just lamenting over Jerusalem, actually uh, pulling from an Old Testament prophet. But anyway, he says this, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather you together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. I love that passage because what it refers to is that Jerusalem has always been this place that is always, all throughout history, even the Old Testament history, they had always rejected God's prophets. Sometimes they stoned them, sometimes they, they killed them, and otherwise, otherwise they just rejected them. And Jesus comes as the last prophet to Israel, and they reject him too. And so there, there are people that are far off from God. There are people who, who won't come home, you know. They won't come back to God. And even though they're far off, here's what it says. He says, I long for you. Don't you love that? This is, uh, this is not uh, unlike the relationship that, that a mom has with her son or her daughter who's ventured off, who's gone far away and has ventured off into things that, that they know their mom won't approve of, right? And they refuse to come home. But the mom never stops, right? This is one of the, this is one of the beauty, right, of women, right, where a man, right, where a father would be like, right, yeah, all right, I'm taking you out of the will. You know, you've done, now you've done it. You're gone, you know. Uh, or a mom just constantly just continues to believe in their son or their daughter. No, no, they're going to come back. They're, they're, I long for them. I, I want them. I would gather them back to myself. I, I want them here. That's the love of a mother, and it's the love of God for, our, for his people. Amen? Amen. All right. Here's how I, um, you know, it's that, it's that compassionate love um, of God that is exhibited in women. It's that patient um, love of, of women for their children that's, that's, uh, that's in view here. That's the love of God. And uh, I wanted to close like this. We, we, I'm, done, um, I'm done preaching, but I just wanted to ask you um, here this morning, um, if that's you, if that's you, if you've been far off, if you've been off and, and you've been not and you've been off and, and wondering if if God would want you back, wondering if God uh, uh, wants you back with Him, um, I'm, I'm, if that's you this morning, I want to tell you He is a patient, loving, tender Father who wants you with Him. No matter what where you've gone, no matter how long you've been gone, He wants you with Him, just like right. Your mama does, right? She, you, just like your mama does, she wants you, w- wants you with you, wants to be with you. Th- that's a, that's the part of the of the character of God that's expressed through your mom, and uh, uh, the the same heart of God that He shares. So, would you bow your heads now and let's pray together just for a moment? We're gonna have just a real t- real quick time of response here this morning, and uh, I just want to ask you this morning if, if that's you, have you been far off? Have you been far off from God who? Who, who wants you back? Have you been far off from him who, who waits for you and longs for you to come back to him? Listen, if that's been you, boy, there's not a greater time than on, on Mother's Day to come back uh, to the God who loves you, to come back to him and ask for him 
you know, for whatever you need, for forgiveness, for patience, for whatever it is, but to come back and invite him uh, or, or have him invite you back home. If that's, if that's you this morning, I just want to invite you home. Let's take just a moment now. If you continue with your heads, heads bowed and your eyes closed, if that's you this morning, I just want to invite you. Would you come on down? I'd like to, to talk with you and pray with you, whatever you need. If you've been far off from God and you need to hear that tender, tender love that he has for you, that patience that he's held out for you, if that's you this morning, would you come on down and just tell him, Lord, I want to come home. I want to be back with you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful, Lord God, that for the love that you have for us. We thank you, Lord, that you've been so patient with us, Lord. When we stumble, when we falter time after time after time, when we venture off, Lord, you still long for us and you still want us back. And so, Father, we're so grateful for that for that mothering kind of love that you have for us. We thank you for being a, a God who's both a, a father, like a, a warrior who's fighting for us, and, and like a mother who's gentle and loving and tender toward us and compassionate and concerned, always on your mind, Lord God. We just thank you for that. Lord, we rejoice in the, in the way that re, you've revealed yourself to us and in the scriptures and through the way that you've created us. And Lord God, we pray your blessings on all of the ladies here this morning. Uh, thank you for their tender hearts. Thank you for their compassion. Thank you for their patience. Thank you the way, Lord God, that my mom and, and the moms that are here today have just been patiently waiting and, and loving and, and uh, just with an enduring love for their children. It's in the great name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Hope you all have a great day. Thank you.